Hello and welcome to The Wild Folk, a conscious business podcast for those seeking a slower, simpler and more aligned way of living and working. The Wild Folk is a podcast for those who create a fairer and greener world through their work. I'm Amy Coates, a freelance copywriter and brand storyteller living by the sea here in Ireland. So welcome. I'm so glad you found us. Hello, welcome to episode 14 of The Wild Folk. So today is the winter solstice, the shortest, darkest day of the year. And while winter is very much still ahead of us, the light is slowly beginning to return. Day by day, without us even noticing, the light is coming back. I'm sure I'm not the only one who feels worried right now. You know, Christmas is meant to be the happiest, most joyful time of the year when we're feasting and celebrating and dressing up in our glittery dresses and um, being with our friends and family. But with new restrictions expected to be announced at any moment, well, we could all use a little bit of light right now. This is the last episode of season one of the podcast. I am going to be doing a short episode where I reveal the lessons and wisdom that I've gleaned from the 16 wonderful women who've joined me on the show, but the two guests today will be my last. And I have been so excited to share this episode with you, and it feels really fitting for it to be going out on the winter solstice. Today, I am joined by Eleanor Cheatham and Maddie Lawson from Folk and Field. Together, Maddie and Eleanor run memberships and courses all about rewilding your life and your work, realigning with the seasons and reconnecting with the land, with yourself and with others. Theirs is a nature-led framework which they apply both to their personal life and to business. And they really are rooted in helping wild-hearted folk build a slower seasonal lifestyle. Today, I talked to the pair all about bringing the wild back into your work and reconnecting with the rhythm of the seasons. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. We are Maddie and Eleanor and we are a partnership. We run Folk and Field together. And it is a business that we've been running now for a couple of years. And everything we do is rooted in the cycles of the natural world and in those rhythms and we follow those in our life and in our work and together with folk and field we like to um, provide inspiration and guidance and support for other people on similar journeys who are maybe a little bit um, where we used to be perhaps a few years ago. Um, so that's kind of folk and field. And then separately, we have our own projects and businesses running alongside that. So we keep nice and busy. <laughs> that's amazing. Like, I just I just love that description. Do you ever have like a moment at the school gate sometimes where mums are like, what do you do? And you're like a bit lost for words because it's really hard to explain to people like in real life. <laughs> yes. Not at the school gates for me. I don't have a little one, but it's um yeah parties or like when you meet people and you have that conversation of what's your job and I just literally I never know how to answer I kind of just say how long how long do you have what do you want the long answer the short answer 
it's quite confusing <laughs> so you're folk and field together but you have your own separate your own separate businesses Maddie can you talk a little bit about those yes so I am a coach I run my own practice called Rising Wild which I've been working on for a few years now um, and with that I'm focused on supporting the, the personal and professional development of women kind of in relationship with nature so by that I mean that we focus on all the normal things you would think you would focus on in coaching whatever the client wants to work on in their life or in their work but it's kind of done with the explicit reference to the natural world and like the rhythms of the natural world the cycles of the natural world um, nature metaphor anything that might come into the conversation that we can use as a kind of common language to explore these themes or ideas that are going on for them um, I'm particularly interested in the idea of human wildness so mm. the idea of rewilding getting back to nature what the wild self might look like and how we can reconnect with that in the sense that we might have lost innate ways of being with nature that we once had um, many centuries ago and and how that shows up how that still exists in our lives today and how we can get back in touch with that um, I'm doing a postgraduate diploma in coaching at the moment and my research has been really focused on this and exploring what that means in this in the context of our sort of domesticated world how how we can balance that wildness with the the need to live in in a non-wild society I love um, that you, you talk kind of about like yeah rewilding like sort of going back because so many sort of coaches especially in the on, online sphere it's all about you know like stepping into your higher self you know elevate your potential mm -hmm. but yours is more like let's strip back and go back to our roots and that's kind of when we step into our power I love that yeah I actually think that's kind of a, a problem of coaching in general I think it's very often very future focused goals focused growth in the sense of always more 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 bigger 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 and that's what really ties into the very human centric way of thinking. And so I guess that's why mine is the opposite, because I tried to put nature first and nature at the heart of it. And that's not really the way that the natural world works. You know, growth is very much about downward roots as well as upward shoots. So I, I find the most powerful stuff happens beneath beneath the surface and, and probably is a bit backwards, but it's like backwards to go forwards. <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's beautiful. And Eleanor, what about you? What businesses have you got as well taking on in the background? So alongside Folk and Field, I've been running Creative Countryside. Um, I've been writing for it since about 2014, I think, when I first started the blog. And it's it started as a diary, kind of a journal of life in the countryside. And I would share sort of really smaller things that I'd been up to or what I'd planted in the veg patch that week and all those sorts of things and it really evolved from there and I've published a magazine from 2017 to 2019 for two years and that was all about um, stories, nature, adventure and folklore, all the things that I was really interested in and that I wanted to read in publications but I felt at the time it was it was kind of when independent publishing was just starting to really emerge and come to the forefront, particularly with magazines. And I was very passionate about not producing something full of ads, full of things that actually were just trying to sell things to you. And I was sick of kind of flicking through magazines and, and being sold to all the time. I wanted to get to the root and the heart of what was really interesting and exciting for me. And that's what I decided to publish so 
that's what Creative Countryside began as really, um, sharing stories. And I think on a personal level, it it was really quite a, a kind of, it, it was led by my own desires and led by what I was interested in. And it evolved into something that I never expected. Um, and ultimately began kind of the beginnings of Folk and Field and started to introduce things like uh, gatherings and the membership community and really connection became the core value for Creative Countryside which was not an intentional thing from the start and it's just evolved from there now so a lot of the things that I used to do with Creative Countryside we now do together we realized very quickly that we were completely on the same wavelength and it made so much sense to join together so now wonderfully I'm able to focus on the words really for Creative Countryside so um, independently publishing um, texts um, and words that are really exploring that human nature connection and how, as Maddie has been talking about with Rising Wild, how really we're a big part of all of that and we're not separate from it and exploring what that means on a very personal level. And that's what I've always been really interested in as well, is not so much this is what we want to say, rather what do you want to say, what is your heart telling you to share, I want to hear the voice of the person and that's really what about creative countryside is, is more about today. Oh, and you have both you've both really kept mentioning the word roots and I think that's so yeah you're really like talking about getting to the root of things and I suppose in a business sense it's kind of like well I suppose working in the corporate world connecting to your roots is it really like something that's ever talked about? I, uh, yeah, I love that you are sort of inspiring a whole wave of nature-led, wild-hearted entrepreneurs. I love it. So can you tell me a little bit more now about Folk and Field and what it is, in essence? A, um, a collection of things. So it's, I guess the easiest way to describe it is like social learning. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sort of it brings together the membership community and we run courses as well as the main one of those um, at the moment is Rewild Your Work which is our big 12-month program um, about bringing your practices of self-employed business into alignment with the rhythms of nature. Um, we used to run uh, pre in pre-COVID times we used to run events and um, gatherings and we're hoping that we'll be able to get back to those too so that's another strand. So it's kind of all about bringing together these different facets of learning but in community like there's always always that aspect of doing it that we think is really important and really powerful uh Eleanor I don't know if you'd add anything to that yeah I would say that you've touched on there exactly kind of the things that we focus on but from a, a kind of overarching values ethos kind of perspective our we really we think about folk and field as being a place where we can help encourage people to rewild so that might be um rewilding their perspective rewilding their life rewilding their roots all those things we've maybe touched on already so rewild then realign is our as our second kind of focus really so that's talking about kind of coming back to the seasons and the cycles and those rhythms to realign with those and then finally to reconnect as well so that's with the land with the earth with yourself very specifically and with other people as well so that community aspect but 
so much of what we do is about self-awareness. And I was thinking about this this week, only yesterday, really, that we talk a lot about this self-awareness and how we're coming back to ourselves. But I think really it's it's coming back to ourselves in this bigger picture as well. So at the same time as knowing ourselves better, we become to know the wild and the world around us and our place within it and how we are integrated within that whole. So it's not that we're just getting to know nature better or getting to know ourselves better because they are hand in hand and doing one will facilitate the other. And I think that's really what folk and field is, is definitely all about. And I'm, I've heard a lot about, you know, rewilding the self and finding your inner wild woman, but I've never really heard, you know, rewilding your business. <laughs> um, and I know that is your your main your main big program is rewild your year. Right. So can you can you talk a little bit? What does that mean? Rewild your, your business and how, how does that actually look? So it's I'll, I'll start with kind of an overview, really. Um, in many senses, it's about um, an, a mindset and perspective shift that is that has to come first, really, in a sense that we're moving away from the, the dominant narratives of um, of business that we are so used to and that have been ingrained into us because of the patriarchal society. And these commercial environments, they they require us to function at our highest level of productivity all year round. So we're expected to get up every single day, do exactly the same thing or do, you know, everything is expected to remain on this constant linear journey. What we choose to do is to turn that around and shift that frame of reference and think about things through the lens of nature and the natural world and think actually is this really suiting who we are as humans does this fit with the the natural world that surrounds us no it absolutely doesn't there are cycles and fluctuations and ebbs and flows that are constantly recognizable out in the natural world we are a part of that so if it really follows that if we are moving against those rhythms and cycles, it's hard. Like normal business, traditional dominant narratives of business, it's hard work to have to show up and be that version of yourself all the time, constantly. So really at the root of Rewild Your Work is this idea that there is an alternative and that we can move in a much more intuitive way and we can work more intuitively. And in doing that, we can actually achieve more we can still succeed in the in the way that we view success and we can still run a business enjoy our life but it's taking a totally different a kind of baseline approach to everything um, involved in that world of work Maddie I don't know if you wanted to talk a bit about how that looks kind of more practically but I think what I would say is it's kind of like reframing yourself as a human animal so instead of just thinking about yourself as maybe a human robot, which is more what traditional work would have us think of ourselves as if if the kind of traditional world of work is framed through a metaphor of, of machines and it's like kind of evolved out of like the industrial revolution and the enlightenment and very industry focused, technology focused growth. It's about moving away from that and saying, okay, but actually we're, we're just animals in the world in the same way that any living creature is an animal in the world. And so what does that mean? And like Eleanor said, then that's about 
realizing that we can't work as robots we can't function to our our best we yeah we can't function in our best way within those parameters so it's about swapping them for different values or different ways of thinking and being and being is very important I think because it's about reconnecting with feeling mm. whereas like a lot of business is very logic driven very mind based actually we focus a lot like you said on the roots of things which is beneath the surface which is feeling emotion your body like yourself as a as a person but as a as a being um and and bringing that into business and seeing how that shapes what we do and how we think and other choices that we make um and yeah embracing those concepts of wholeness and inconsistency that Eleanor talked about um I think that inconsistency is really important so embracing those cycles um that ebb and flow and flux and fluidity instead of beating ourselves up that we can't just be the same and be that robot all, all the time it's it's just allowing ourselves to to change with the with the seasons with with the cycles and days of the year yeah and if you know from our earliest age we're taught you know you must do this you must do your piano exams you must do your GCSEs um and yeah we're never really taught to just be except for maybe we're in primary school and even then as we're like getting a bit older we're not yeah as you said we're not human beings we're like human human doings so right. it is a, a radical mind shift and when you say it out loud you're like of course it's like a light bulb moment but actually everything in the world is like conspired against you so it's like a like a rebellion mm. of kind but as you were talking I was just getting like this is a very I don't want to use the word feminine way of working but you know as cyclical creatures you know there are weeks we're like on top form and other weeks we just can't get out of bed um and you know men well I don't know but there I don't understand the male species at all but they're, <laughs> they're just you know productive all the time and they doesn't seem to be as governed by their emotions so would you say would you say this is a more kind of gentle nourishing female approach to work or do you think it could be universal across the board it would work just as well for male business owners I think yes ultimately it, it has those feminine qualities about it in that we are encouraging this reconnection with those cycles, with this cyclical approach to things, with acknowledging that, um, you know, for, for for the menstrual cycle, for instance, for those who menstruate, that that is a huge part of a, the learning process um, in terms of bringing some wildness back into your life or your work. Uh, looking at the wheel of the year or the seasons and that cycle and 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 thinking about that, that as a framework is is very intuitive it's very nourishing and it honors i think the feminine values or the the values that we associate um with the feminine and maddie and i are currently doing a course um on the wild feminine and we're really diving into this over the next few months um so it will start to emerge even more in our work but i'd also say as well that it's important to acknowledge that that doesn't mean men can't adopt this approach it is not exclusively for one gender um it is it is an approach that i think would be beneficial for everybody um because everybody needs to have a period of rest or renewal or time to think or time to process or celebrate all of these things are absolutely needed in the, the modern working environment, I think 100%. Um, I think perhaps what has happened um, 
over the recent years is that um, the, the more men have been in these roles of power or influence and leadership and they might more naturally thrive with that kind of keeping going approach because the male rhythm is usually on that 24-hour cycle. Um, so they might experience those kind of four seasons almost on a really condensed scale in 24-hour period. So their rest might come at the end of a day and they might be able to shift through um, that process of working kind of a very similar um, approach every single day. Whereas for women, um, it is going to happen on a, a more extended framework. So we experience those four seasons over an extended period of a month. And I think that's where the difference is as well. So that's why we uh, find in our work that women are very drawn to what we do because uh, we are honouring that cyclical approach each month in a way that traditional business and society does not tend to do. Maddie, is there anything you think I've not covered there? <laughs> no, no, not at all. I just, I think I'd add that um, we see masculine and feminine energy as kind of in everything, like everything yes. in the moon would be rep representative of feminine energy and everything is kind of necessary, like both halves are necessary for everything to function. And so where you might lean into the masculine energy for productivity and motivation and power and, you know, being the kind of like fierce woman or person that you want to be, you might then lean into feminine energy for rest and creativity and intuition. And that's necessary in all in business, like in life and in business, I think if we could bring more of the feminine into the world of work in a way that wasn't specifically associated with women, um, that would be really helpful for, for men and business in general um, to adopt that kind of other half of the perspective. It's like is what miss, is missing, I think, a lot of the time from the way things are done. Mm, yeah yeah we just see things in halves really not not the whole picture so mm. can I want to I want to know more about then these four seasons um uh, and what they kind of mean for our work and how yeah what what kind of work we should be doing in winter or summer because I know I know for me like summer is when I struggle the most but in nature it's like you know all the flowers are out and the bees are out and it's lovely in the sun but I'm like I am so uncreative in the summer really creative in spring summer I'm just miserable in general <laughs> and then the autumn comes and I'm like right great I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do this and I'm really hyped so yeah I would love to hear a bit more of a breakdown of the seasons I, I'm nodding along furiously here because that's like exactly how I feel. Summer is just not the one for me. <laughs> um, and actually, I think we attract a lot of people to our work who feel that way. Um, we tend to attract the like winter and autumn lovers uh, specifically. But um, so I guess the easiest way to explain it is to go through the the wheel of the year and the way that we match like specific guiding words to each phase of that wheel. Um, so for anyone who isn't familiar, the wheel of the year is kind of an ancient Earth-centered calendar, um, and it has eight phases that are separated by eight festivals, eight Earth-based festivals. Um, and we separate those eight phases into see if I can remember them in the right order. So winter would be reflect and renew, and then spring would be emerge and grow. Summer is flourish and nurture, and then autumn is gather and celebrate. So that kind of gives you the idea of how we like move through the wheel um, as we go and the different themes that we focus on. 
So taking winter as an example, we've got reflect and renew. And that's very attached to the idea of winter being an earth-centred kind of grounding introverted rooted season um so it's 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 everything that we've been talking about working on all that stuff beneath the surface turning inward um moving with the darkness and the cold that comes in in the northern hemisphere anyway um and yeah using that to to reflect and renew so what think about what's happened maybe in your business through the past cycle and how you want to apply that going forward and then to renew that by by kind of taking gentle action and dreaming and thinking creatively about how you want to move your business forward and then that moves into the spring um, of emerge and grow and so then we're sort of coming out of of that inward focused energy tentatively at first new, new growth um moving with the returning light um and then moving into growth and bringing things to life and creating and connecting with that energy you spoke about amy of feeling more alive with the spring and more more energized um and then into into the summer and that summer is where things tend to go a bit wonky because you either experience it as in the same way that the natural world does as coming really alive and feeling your sort of most vibrant self um and feeling like you can get everything done and you want to socialize and you're turning outward in your energy and connecting with people um doing things probably fulfilling your biggest projects or you go the other way and you completely wilt which is kind of where both of us are <laughs> um, and then so so using a nature-led framework is then really helpful to think okay well this is happening in nature this is happening to me how do they work together and so whether or not you're thriving or you're wilting you can kind of correlate those two things and and use them to balance one another and and see how you can offset the energy of the natural world with your own energy um and then in, in autumn we kind of come into the bringing everything to completion gathering harvesting um and then before you go back into the the cycle again um i'm sure eleanor can explain much more eloquently than i have no you've done a great job there um of going through those those seasonal cycles um i think it's it's important to say at this point that this might and can provide a really helpful framework on which to hang your whole business. So for us, we are very fortunate that we have uh, created a business that allows us to take that time to rest in the winter. For instance, we're about to take an extended period away from social media and our regular newsletter because we have planned and um, added that into our business because we know that's the time of year we want to be uh, re reflecting and renewing everything ready to emerge in the spring but we also completely acknowledge that this isn't always the way uh, forward for people and it's not just about saying okay it's winter you should be resting and renewing why are you launching a product it's you know but of course that happens um particularly for product-based businesses before Christmas you know it can be the busiest time of year for some people and if you've got somebody saying actually you should be resting right now or thinking about these things it can feel quite strange and frustrating and irrelevant I think mm -hmm. but what's really important is that acknowledgement and that awareness so that's what everything comes down to really if in the winter season for instance you are super busy with whatever you've got going on in your business you can acknowledge the fact that the natural world and the world that kind of is holding you at that point 
is actually saying you need to kind of think about resting and renewing that's not possible in my business okay so maybe I'm going to scale back on social commitments maybe I'm going to take off my plate what I really absolutely don't need on there right now maybe I can nourish myself with with particular seasonal foods at the moment and make a a real conscious effort with that and it's about taking that moment to step back which I think we so rarely do in our work and in our lives because we're so busy and being aware so what's going on in the season what's going on in my business what's going on with everything basically and how can I kind of change all that around or shift things my priorities perhaps so that I can move through this season that is typically a season for rest even if I'm busy and I think that's true of whichever season you're working through so Maddie was talking about the summer there you know people are trying to maybe connect with the uh, with the natural world more to connect with um, their friends and family and colleagues and things and it is that time of external connection but for those who are maybe more introverted like we are both that's that's part of the problem is that maybe we don't want to kind of push ourselves out at that point Um, So again, it's about acknowledging and honouring how our personal relationship is with the natural world and what is going on. And it's different for everybody. So we can provide sort of an overarching framework and an overview. And then you have to dive in and really explore your personal relationship with each of those phases. And that's not only of the year, but also of every month. So you can kind of condense this framework down to be every month um, using typically either the lunar phases or your menstrual cycle or both. Um, so you can you can start with this overarching seasonal framework of just thinking about the four seasons, but then you can you can go so much more depth and thinking about those eight phases of the wheel of the year, like Maddie introduced, thinking about how that looks like on a monthly scale. And even, you know, we're, we're all about the layers with Focan Field, but then you can even condense it down and layer on top, you know, the daily cycle of the sun and how that impacts you. And we can think about where we feel most alive where we're going to feel um, like we can be most productive or when our creativity is going to flow. And ultimately that all comes down to awareness before anything else. So that's what we always encourage. So if you're kind of new at this and new in your rewilding journey, that's always the first thing we'd recommend is to just increase that awareness and to observe all these things around you and consider how you personally respond to all of these cycles, not just how kind of the traditional, this is how you maybe would feel at this this time of the month or this time of the year is really, yeah, truly connecting with your personal connections. Mm. Oh, as you were talking, I was trying to then think, how can I reframe summer so that next year I will enjoy it? Well, I've like scribbled on a few things, but I'm still not really sure. <laughs> yeah, I think that it probably is that it's just that the energy is turning external and so you feel like oh it's a beautiful day it would be like I have to go outside and I have to talk to people and um just these long endless days like I just really struggle with them I like when it's dark by six so I can like then get into bed and read a book and then you know type in my laptop you know in the dark and yeah so maybe I need a bit of a reframe of like summer I think it's about um, acceptance and self-compassion. So if you 
you develop the awareness that Eleanor was talking about and then you develop the acceptance of that awareness. I think that's kind of two very separate stages. Um, we talk a lot in our work about taking a, like a loving attitude to what you're doing in the same way that nature would. So obviously nature, everything living in nature is not nice and kind and benevolent all the time. There are lots of instances of obviously things going wrong and animals attacking each other. And it's not like it's all like one happy place where there's no uh, nastiness, want of a better word. But I think it's it's not underpinned by kind of malice in the same way that humankind can be. I think as a very, I don't know scientifically if it's unique to humans, but I think that kind of self-criticism and that those elements of not being kind to ourselves and not being kind to each other it shows up much more in the human world than it does in the natural world where there's a tendency for community support in many different guises and if you apply that loving attitude to yourself then you're able to accept okay actually you know what I don't I'm not my best in summer and you can go against then happily that that overriding tendency of the human society to be like summer is the best time ever live your best life like everyone's so happy the same with Christmas you know everyone says Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year for some people it's really not like if you have seasonal affective disorder the darkness is crippling for some people you can get depression your family circumstances might mean Christmas is not fun for you and so developing that acceptance means that you can cultivate a kind of inner strength to say right this is how I experience this season so how can I navigate it in, on my own terms and I think then you can build up that that confidence and it obviously looks different for everyone there's no one size fits all approach to saying okay this is how you do summer if you don't enjoy it um, but you can just start to work from from inside out instead of being influenced from the outside in if that makes sense to kind of find your own way and think okay well what do I enjoy about summer what how do I want to connect with that outward energy? It might not be socialising all the time. It might not be sunbathing if you get burnt to a crisp like I do in 10 minutes. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it's just about finding your own your own ways, I think. And so before you both adopted this kind of natural framework, what was your approach to work like? Were you hustle, 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 work, work, work? Um, or have you always kind of been intuitive about your approach to work? I think for me, um, there was a sense of needing very secure boundaries there all along. And boundaries are something that is, they come up an awful lot in our work um, because they're so important to, to enable us to have those periods of rest or to have that time away from, I don't know, social media or something else. And I used to be a teacher, so I used to teach English and creative writing in secondary schools. Um, and if you speak to any teacher, the, you know, the, the expectation and the workload and the marking and all of those sorts of things, it, it literally is never ending. You could just work all the time and it would never stop. But I was very firm on having a boundary with working evenings. Um, so I would work sometimes, but I, I wasn't one of those people that could work into the night because I knew that I would do a a half job it would be no good and I that's something that's even firmer boundary today because I know that I'm far more productive in the morning and I'll get loads and loads done whereas if I sit down at 10 o'clock at night I'll, it'll take me forever um so I, I think those boundaries are something that I've always had but in terms of expecting how the rest of work would would it would kind of function as part of my life 
I was very much down that traditional route of, okay, well, I've been to university. Now I need to go find a job. Now I need to work really hard in order to succeed. And I need to go on this kind of typical career path. And I, and I need to, to do all the stuff that everybody else does. I think that's what you get caught up in when, um, when that's the only message you hear in the world. And I think that's nobody's fault in terms of you know individuals. That's the collective societal narrative that we are hearing. And I think that's what makes it so difficult to escape from. And until you have kind of almost like an awakening or a moment of realization or somebody there to say, what about this? It's very difficult to leave that mindset behind um, certainly if you are in kind of regular employment, I think it's even more difficult. And I know for Maddie, it was kind of a, a similar transition, wasn't it? Mm, yeah, right. And I was, that just made me think in coaching terms, I would call that a disorienting dilemma. So like something that comes along and like shakes up your worldview and makes you think, what the hell am I doing? Um, that, that, yeah, something that kind of wakes you up, like you say. And for me, that was like, I was happily going along like Eleanor in and my path of like school university had a very fixed idea that I wanted to be a curator of contemporary art like that that was my degree was um art history so I went on to do an MA and uh, in kind of curatorship and that that was where I was going and then suddenly like I'd gone from being top of my class super successful in all my academic endeavors to just uh, there's something about this MA just didn't click with me and I just I found it really hard and it just I think it just wasn't the right course for me or there was something about it that didn't fit with my way of learning but when you're I don't know how old I was 21 22 I don't think you think that logically you just think oh I just thought oh my god I'm suddenly stupid I can't do any of this stuff I can't do the job that I want to do um I don't even like the job that I want to do because I was doing internships and finding out more about this career that I'd picked when I was like 14 because that's what you do is you just suddenly decide when you start picking your your GCSEs, like narrowing down your your life view into this this job that you're going to do forever when you leave, um, found out that I didn't really like it, and I had this total identity crisis and just felt really lost. And so for me, that was my my dilemma of like, oh, who am I now? What am I doing in the world? And that was when I started to kind of just take some time out and think about what I actually wanted and realize that it was very different to what had been mapped out for me. But in terms of whether I've kind of ever bought into the hustle of things, I don't think I have. I think I've always just felt like a bit of a weirdo. Like I just have I've always felt like, why can't I do what everyone else can do? And I think I've found that really, really scary and disheartening over the years to think that I'm somehow abnormal and, and somehow like everyone else can just get a job and be happy and, you know, tick off the things on the list like job, house, car, partner, kids all of those things just go go through that that checklist and do the the life things you're supposed to do and I've just always questioned everything I think I've always thought but why like what if I don't want those things what if they don't make me happy what does make me happy and it's exhausting it's it's really hard I think being someone who doesn't fit the mold um but I think there are so many more people like this than than you might individually realize that you think I just really want to say to anyone listening to this who's feeling that way you're, you're not alone there's loads and loads of people out there who want to do life differently and I think that's that's what our work is all about anyway of trying to offer a different path when it maybe feels like there isn't one and <laughs> um, yeah as much as we lambast social media like it's made us a lot less lonely <laughs> I'm yes. so 
more kindred spirits that I've met through Instagram than I maybe have in real life. Sorry for any real life friends. <laughs> but I want to ask you then a bit about your course then, Rewild Your Year, because you open the doors a certain time of the year and then close them. Is that right? Yeah, so um, it's uh, Rewild Your Work and it is um, a, a programme that initially began as um, you might have seen it being called a seasonal year so that was what kind of drew us together to to start folk and field in the first place was that we, we both had this idea for what we wanted to share um, and so it's it's been running now for this is its third year that it's running and we've just transitioned things this year um, and it's now called rewild your work and it's a 12 month transformative journey basically for people to go through an unlearning and then a relearning and a rewilding process to do with yes with work fundamentally but also very holistically and very intentionally everything that surrounds that so everything going on in your life um, how your mind your body your soul your spirit how all of those things feel and how we that all impacts our business and what we do and we very specifically designed it to run over the course of 12 months so that we can run through every single season every single phase with all of the students that we work with and um, we specifically uh, open the doors ready to begin again at Sarawain which is October 31st which is the wheel of the year festival that coincides with a modern day Halloween and that represents both the end and the beginning of the weed of the year cycle. So that's it's a very intentional choice that we open it at this time of year. And many people kind of have that association with January as being the start of the of the year. Obviously, the calendar year that that is literally the case. And that's the time when people are like, well, you should be starting again. You should be setting all these resolutions. Go, go, go. And it's a real intensity at that moment. But it's January we're very tired often, the natural world still is very dormant, nothing is really moving except for underneath the surface. And that's what we try to honour through these first few months of the programme, that you need these periods of time to go through this re reflection and the renewal before you're ready to emerge in the spring, which we associate with beginning around the 1st of February, which again is another spoke on that weed of the year. That's the festival of Imolk on the 1st of February. So between kind of the end of October until the end of January, we have this very intentional slow learning process for our students so they so they get to know the principles behind nature-led work they understand the frameworks and by the time we get to that point in February and beyond they're ready to start the application and movement through through the rest of the year but what we've found and what we definitely truly believe in is that while this first year offers this kind of grounding and uh, everything that you need to know basically to, to transform your business and your life every time you then go around again like you can dip in and out of the material or out of um, any of the resources doing it a second year doing it a third year going on it's an ongoing deepening process so it's really like the start of the journey and that's why we fundamentally believe it's um it you know many people could require that extra layer of support during that time because it is a huge shift isn't it maddie like it's it's a massive transformation to say yeah i'm going to try something different like you said earlier amy it's almost like that act of rebellion 
and that takes courage and bravery and support to, to work through that and that's what we offer and that's why we like to kind of start things again um, at, at this time of year really. Mm. And have you got any book recommendations for that have shaped your approach to work or might be of use to someone who's kind of coming to this idea for the first time? I think with book recommendations. The one we always recommend. Sorry, you Sorry. went. <laughs> you go, Maddie. I was going to say the one that we always recommend um, is Glennie Kindred's Earth Wisdom. That is like our like key text um, that we we kind of I think we learnt the beginnings of our journey from reading that book. Um, and then that it, it has a lot of information about the Wheel of the Year and the festivals and how the natural world um, kind of corresponds to those different festivals as you move through the year. And I think it's it's absolutely not a business book in any sense. It mentions nothing about business. Um, it's just simply about. Uh, rooting your life in that cycle um, and it kind of helps you to get a sense of of the movement of of nature and yourself as a person um, throughout the wheel um, so that's the one that I think we always come back to time and time again is yeah absolutely not a business book at all but one of one about nature and, and the seasons even better is it more digestible than women who run with wolves I've started that book so many times yes uh, and I literally yeah can get past chapter four <laughs> yeah it's 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 quite different to that it's very practical very simple um just lots of kind of suggestions of how you can engage with the seasons personally um and with uh, with groups and things you can do and themes that you can explore um it's yeah very very digestible and yeah you wouldn't say it's similar to women who run with wolves but another one we like is um if women rose rooted which is kind of mm -hmm. on the same the same uh, vein as as women who run with wolves um we like that one too Sharon Blackie I'd also add as well kind of for an underlying um view of this kind of human nature connection and approach soil soul society by Satish Kumar um mm. that that vision of how we are holding everything at the same time and how we are a part of the natural world that's um that definitely comes through in in that book again nothing to do with business really but there, there isn't really anything out there that specifically explores this approach it is on our horizons to, yeah. to write the book for to, to <laughs> kind of accompany our own approach but there isn't anything out there specifically that that explores this at the moment although have, we do like um elizabeth cairns the empowered entrepreneur so it's not about nature specifically but it's about taking a kind of more soulful approach to business that's another another really good one for kind of imbuing your work with more self-care and more self-awareness i think and um that is kind of all I wanted to ask you. I don't think I've missed anything off the list. Well, I guess we've touched on this a little bit already, but um, what advice would you give to someone who wants to bring wilderness back into their work? I know you said sitting down and getting started, kind of looking at the relationship with the cycles. It's a good place to jump from. I think kind of consciously trying to change your perspective. So in, in theoretical terms, it would be talking about moving from an egocentric perspective to an ecocentric perspective. So from human centred to nature centred. And I think that is a really fundamental shift that takes quite a lot of thinking and being. 
So I think you maybe in your head need to rationalize it first and, and think about, understand how you're approaching the world, how you see the world, that kind of machine-like metaphor that I spoke about right at the start of the conversation, how that informs everything you think about work and about life and what you want to replace that with and how, how you can try to think in more natural terms. So like I said before, using natural metaphors or just thinking about how you experience things in relation to nature. So how nature can give you examples of how to navigate change or growth and what what ways you might see that happening in the natural world. Um, so really consciously trying to change that perspective and then live that perspective, um, finding practical ways to then move into adopting those cycles, tracking your cycles, um, seeing what effect the moon has on you or your menstrual cycle, if that's applicable, or the sun, or connecting with trees or anything you could choose whatever you like but finding a way to then apply that perspective in in reality um by spending time outside and just thinking about yourself as a human animal in the natural world and part of the natural world um it's kind of from there I think so you like pick an entry point and then it'll all open to you the more I guess the more aware you are then the more you discover I think that's yeah. the thing is just sort of yeah pick a starting point and and dive in and it's it's very complex and as Eleanor says the more you go through these processes and the more you think about it the deeper and wider it all gets and it can be quite overwhelming if you sort of try to write down like oh this is what I should do and then you might end up with a huge piece of paper that's got all these different like a web of stuff that you can do and you you then don't know where to start so it's it's just about starting I think and just saying right I'm going to spend more time outside like as simple as that and noticing what effect that has on you and then thinking okay now I'm going to read this book and now I'm going to start tracking my cycles and now I'm going to do this course like it, yeah just about growing it from there I think yeah it's the equivalent of like taking up a new hobby and then going out and buying like all the top range of stuff and then never using it right and then all the books just sit on your shelf and you think I haven't got time to read them all so I'll just look at them <laughs> I think you can also um, think if you want to make um, instant change as well. I know that for those of you that maybe be similar to me and like to see um, change straight away. So for those of you who want to go out and buy all the books and do all the things, that's me. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> for, for that, you, you know, it can help to further you on the journey to see some kind of change straight away so for those sorts of things you can you can introduce really basic practical steps into your work straight away by shifting that mindset so for example we have students that have changed things like simply having a business call on their phone on a walk with a coffee with their colleague for instance so you're outside in the natural world it's still a business call you're still going through that work process but it's just shifting and expanding what could be possible. Um, another thing, uh, maybe you have to write emails or blog posts or you want to get some ideas down. So on your walk, maybe you can um, have your voice recorder on on your phone and you can do that. Other kind of simple things to do would be to bring sort of essential oil diffusers into your workplace. So it's been scientifically proven that certain scents, particularly from the forest, will have a really positive impact on your your body and your mind. So that's a really basic kind of shift that you can do this week. Um, you can you can also do things like uh, a final one. Um, 
to like have check-in points throughout the day. So there's four different seasons in each day, as we talked about. If we think about them as being sort of dawn, midday, dusk and midnight, if you think about that in terms of your day, how can you check in with the natural world, even just for a minute or two, you know, looking out your window, going for a walk for two seconds, taking your shoes and socks off and having your cup of tea on the lawn, that can make a massive shift in your day as a business owner or as somebody that's um, working, you know, quite a long time period. And, And all these small kind of shifts can help you to think okay I've done that that little thing was possible what else could be possible and they can encourage you I think because often when we introduce um, a new perspective or a new approach it can be really really hard to keep that going because everything else around you is kind of saying oh actually no you need to do this now you need to do this this is at the top of your list and we feel that real heavy guilt I think or that real sense of heaviness of "I, I should be doing this and it's just getting those pockets of possibility and hope in your everyday that can help keep that process of transformation going. Oh, they're really great tips. I've just written down essential oils. <laughs> it's TK Maxx for all the synthetic in there. <laughs> um, I, I was just going to add one more thing that I think actually I'd add in um, like finding support and finding community into into that as well because like Eleanor was saying it can be quite hard to apply these things when you feel bombarded by messaging from the outside world so finding like-minded people that can share your vision is really helpful and there's research that's been done around I think enacting climate change um, that it's much more effective if you have a community to kind of bring that message to life from um, and I think that's the exact same principle applies in this case that if you've got like-minded people in your corner it feels more possible and you don't feel so weird um, so I think that's that's if you can just find even one friend or one colleague who can share your way of thinking um, that that can help you just feel less alone and feel like it's yeah more possible to start doing things differently. So if anyone's listening and this really resonates, join Folk and Feel, because that is a really uh, good people <laughs> like Sorry. that. Accidental plug. No, that's good. That's, that's a very natural plug. Um, and <laughs> what else have you got up your sleeve then for Folk and Field? Um, well, we've got, a, hopefully we're going to be writing a book. That's on our list, is putting all of this stuff into a book so that we can say, here you go, read this, and <laughs> then your life will be fixed. Your aim. I'm joking um but we've also got um a project that we're working on that we're going to be launching well I think later today actually and it won't be today when this pod goes podcast goes out but now um called the wild work collective which is related to rewild your work but it's going to be a kind of virtual co-working group for women who want to align with these nature-led practices and to make those communities when you're self-employed and you're working alone it can be quite isolating I think or feel quite lonely um doing these things or trying to bring these things to life as I was just saying um and so it's kind of a way of creating that almost water cooler culture um in a different way and it will all be online but it's finding that yeah creating that space where people can come together and share their experiences and go through this journey together uh Eleanor I don't know if you'd add more about that yeah, so um, it, it came um, it emerged really after 
um, we, we opened Rewild Your Work for its sales period this year and that's closed now so we have our students for the year ahead but we we felt like we wanted to offer something more for people that either have maybe been through the program already um, or for people that maybe have a nature-led mindset or approach or who feel like they can maybe make some of these shifts more and um, without that deeper support but we wanted to provide a more practical kind of offering I think so it is kind of we're, we're going to have these virtual co-working kind of spaces as Maddie says and we're also going to be you know saying okay well here's this template or here's this um this this is what we use here you are and um, this might be helpful too and, and providing kind of um I guess advice and kind of uh, this this support that Maddie was talking about this community of people that have this nature-led approach um, and and sharing that vision and supporting each other to move through their businesses through their year through their life in this holistic whole um, you know in a way that is different to the real deeper learning transformative process of the, the bigger program that we run rewild your work so yeah it's prov it's providing kind of um a secondary uh, approach to rewilding your work um, in a, in a in a less um, in a less intensive way, I think, um, more a, a group collective experience instead. Yeah, sort of like walking people through the the year. I think we're going to be having planning set like live online planning sessions that co correlate with each wheel of the year. through a annual work for this next six weeks consolidating that into a, a usable practical structure that you can apply as you go throughout the year whereas rewild your work is very much the beneath the surface personal work that goes around exploring your identity as a business owner um it's it's very different to that in the sense that it's it's about the practical application um of of these principles rather than exploring how that looks and feels for you personally oh that's wow that this has been such a great conversation guys I've really really took a lot away from it and and I know that it'll be a great podcast episode so <laughs> where can people find you online so we are um folkandfield.com or we are usually on instagram at folk underscore and underscore field um those that's the place we usually hang out these days um, um and if you sign up to our newsletter at the moment we're not releasing our regular emails as we've said we're taking that period away but we do have a special newsletter for anybody interested in the wild work collective which you can find on our instagram um, link page and you can sign up to that to receive some more information about that or rewild your work once we launch again next year great and it's open until the 29th of october the wild work collective if you want to join <laughs> thank you both so much Thank you Thank so much, Katie. It's been a pleasure to chat with you today. So that's it for today's episode. I wish you all a very happy and joyful Christmas. I hope it will be a time of peace and rest for you. I'll be back with a short episode between Christmas and New Year, so look out for that in those long, quiet days of Twixmas. If you have a friend you think would enjoy this conversation, please do send them the link or please leave a rating and review from wherever you're listening. 
To find out more about Eleanor and Maddie's work, connect with them over on Instagram at folk underscore and underscore field. And come say hi to me on Instagram at thewildfolk.studio. Until next time, have a wild Christmas.